A sinking Titanic that really separates the men from the boys. Welcome to Comedian Ordinaire. What's going on, everybody? This is episode 19, I believe. 19 of these. I think I'm proud of, like, two of them. <laughs> um, no, 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 I'm proud of all of them. They're all great. You should listen to every single one of them. Oh, man. Well, I don't want to blabber too much, but I did want to give a proper introduction um, Kevin Moan and I, and I'm sure a lot of comedians, if any comedians are listening, are a part of a Facebook group or, you know, people will do things for the community and they'll promote showcases and ask other comedians to be on. And it's just this community on Facebook that likes to help each other out. Um, and, you know, one night willingly, I, I was just like, I need to ask. Because if you've heard anything from the podcast so far, you know that all I want to do is talk to other comedians, interview them and whatnot. And so, yeah, I just uh, I went on the Facebook group and I'm like, hey, here's this. Is anyone interested? Kevin Moan was the first guy to hit me back, and I'm forever grateful. That was awesome. He helped me out a lot. Um, and he runs his own showcase every Tuesday at Ogden Street South kind of by that wash park area so if you want to be on that hit them up and ask them um you know i know they're always needing comedians so if you want some stage time hell yeah man um and if any other comedians are listening as well i guess it's really just that easy i want to talk to every single one of you literally every single one this is all i want to do so um yeah it's just super easy just I'm Comedian Ordinaire on Instagram and just search Dano Olivares on Facebook. It's O-L-I-V-A-R-E-S. I would love to sit down and talk to other comedians. Anyways, get all that out of the way. I'm not going to blabber on too much, but um, here's the interview, so enjoy. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. A lot of people from China really like the Warriors. That means because there's that many people in the fan base, there's probably twenty thousand podcasts about the Warriors. Yeah. And people would think I'm an asshole if I started. But I'm like, oh, I got the, uh, the new hot take on the Warriors. Like, what are you gonna, <laughs> what are you gonna find out that the Bleacher Report doesn't tell you already? You got to cover the Warriors from the '70s or something. Some shit no one knows. Just yeah. talk about Rick Barry's free throw form. Well, Chamberlain never got a DUI and they got pulled <laughs> over for him ten times in the Bay Area. Well. We're here in Denver, Denver in Denver. I'm here with actually a very special guest. First of all, thank you for reaching out to me. Mm-hmm. It's just like I went out on a whim and I was like, I want to talk to comedians. You were the first one to hit me back, kind of late at night, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's usually the hours we keep, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on, man. This is cool. That's something I'm trying to get better at. People are like, comedy lives in the nighttime. Mm-hmm. And I'm working early mornings. I love making excuses, by the way. You're gonna learn that about me. I'm stoked. Okay. Um, no, I like, and I work in the mornings, and like, you know, when a mic starts at 10:30, and I gotta be there at six in the morning, mm-hmm. like ready to talk to people. It's a little bit disheartening. Yeah, it is. Do you ever go through that at all, where you're like, I have shit to do, but I'm still gonna just do this anyways? Yeah, I mean, there's some guys who are able to do like the 11:30 sign up midnight mics and stuff like that. I've right. never done those. No. Just not. I mean, not to say that they're not great for what they are, and maybe I've done one or two of them, but as a regular routine, mm-hmm. because you're right, most people don't start work at noon or whenever these guys. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what these guys do to maintain that. It's just as much of a mystery to me as it is to you, honestly. Is that right? Yeah, okay. absolutely. So you're not out, like, late nights doing this shit, like, at 1230, like, just that, doing that hustle, because I hear that word a lot, that we have to hustle. Yeah, to I mean, it. well, for sure, you know, do your craft, and I think that everybody benefits off of a different economy at time. Yeah. Depending on who you are as a comic, where you need to use your work. Right. Um, I don't think that 
if you don't do midnight mics that you can't get the same amount of time. I mean, there's plenty of times where you can do a mic at 5.30, sign up, 6 o'clock, start. Are there a lot of those? Uh, I know there's one or two, like Rising Sun's pretty early. I think Rising Sun's like a 5.30 uh, okay. sign up, or maybe, I forget what it is, but it's, it's fairly early. Nice. There's some, you, you can get around it. Like, you can get around not having to do the midnight ones, and even if one day a week you're going to say, fucking, okay, right. I'm just going to suck on sleep tonight, because this late, this one late night mic a week is good for my progress. That one's worth it. You could do that. Yeah, that's how a lot of people felt about El Trito back in the day before it got shut down. What's El Trito? It was a, a bar downtown. Is that on Colfax? No, no, no. It's on, uh, it's, I think it's on Blake Street. I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay. Or Martin Hill Market. Anyway, it, it's, yeah, yeah. it's somewhere in that Lodo area. Okay. But it, it was um, like this, this bar that had like a karaoke stage in the back, but in the side of it, and they even had a sign on the outside, they called it the Comedy Room Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what it was, and that's kind of where a lot of people would spend their. Later I've seen hours a couple shows Netflix. there. That one's not there anymore. It's no, not up. Holding no. that closed down. Oh, now. that's sad. Yeah. Yeah, the first mic that I did was at Los Tacos in Denver. Really? Um, Who's yeah. That? Michael Sayedigan was hosting that. That's right. He used to have a huge crowd for that. Yeah, man. dude. Every Saturday night, that was like I went there twice, and I saw like thirty comedians go up, and I was like, "There's a real crowd here. I I just got to do it." Because like up until that point, I'd only done like. I don't know, 15 or so, and those are all like in Albuquerque and then some like up in the suburbs by where I used to live, and then first one in Denver was that one, and that was an awesome spot, but it closed down. I don't know that they even do a mic at that new place anymore. Wait, wait the new Los Tacos? Yeah, or whatever yeah, it's I called now. No. Yeah, Los Tacos. Uh, yeah, Seattle is great, man. Yeah, I, mean, I really like that. Just as a side note, that has, that has nothing to do with what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Seattle is great because we're in this weird rotation where you know, when you're signing up for new talent out of Comedy Works, you have to have the same waiting period as, as everybody else. Right. And a lot of times, you'll call the same time and get put on the same time as somebody else. Mm -hmm. So you always see them every time you're out because they have the same call schedule. That's right. And Michael's one of those for me, and I really like to see that guy around, man. Yeah. He was, um, I don't know if he was shadow boxing, but he's kind of light on his feet one night before he went up. Like, he was really getting the energy going, <laughs> man. It was cool. Nice, dude. I've seen him do characters before, too. Or mm -hmm. like, I, he did this one coach that was just fucking crazy. I'm pretty sure he was only doing it to make other comedians laugh. Yeah. But, like, people like that, I mean, you know, he was doing it. I don't know if he's hosting a mic now, but, like, so how long have you been doing comedy, total? Man, I, I took that, I, I was telling you before, when, yeah. when we weren't recording, um, that I took this massive break off of just pure anger and resentment, and mm -hmm. that was probably a year and a half in after I moved here. So if you're counting post-hiatus, I've been back at it probably two years. Okay. So about, about three cumulative like it, it, yeah. in terms of actual consistency where I'm going to mics and I'm writing comedy and stuff like that. Right. And what made you want to start? I mean, I've always loved comedy. I, like I was telling you before, uh, I do the, or I did the, the middle school talent show. Right. This a is kid. a great story, man. Yeah. It's, you know, and that's what it is, is that I always wanted to do it so much so that I followed a kid on a trumpet. And I think, like, the girl that went after me was, like, the popular girl, and, like, everybody was there to see her. Yeah. And, and I remember this because everybody thought that she was going to go up when I was up. So everybody, <laughs> like, came back from the bathrooms, and they were all, oh, like, outside. Oh, so you had a crowd. I had this crowd that they were all there for her. Yeah. And so it's, like, this dorky kid that I was always a loser. Yeah. And I was taking the time slot that they thought they were there to see her for. She wound up going on after and killing. Right. I got a couple laughs on a couple airplane jokes. Uh, I, I made like a, a, a noise-canceling headphone joke or something. It was stupid. Do you remember one of those jokes that you said from that? Yeah, it was... I don't remember word for word, but it, okay. it, was, it was something about how when you go on an airplane and you see a parent who brings a screaming kid on there, but then they have the noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> you know, like it, it was okay. something stupid like that. But no, it was an good. observation that like nobody thought a seventh grader would go on stage yeah. and talk about, you know. That's pretty good. Yeah. So you had the itch for it early on. I always kind of liked that, too. I did my first one when I was 16. Um, and, you know, we talked a little bit last night before we did this, but like I was saying, the first time I did it, I wrote it down like word for word, every pause and like every uh mm -hmm. on the paper and I just held it in front of my face so I couldn't see anybody shaking so fucking nervous. But it ended up going well, mm -hmm. which I don't think it does for a lot of comedians, mm -hmm. but it sounds like your first time went well. I mean, the one seventh grade I don't think counts, man. It's it doesn't? Just, you no, know, I don't even Dude, I that. count my first one for sure I do. Yeah, I guess, man. I and then how long is the break between one and two, like the second time you go up? I was 19, 
um, and I did this little thing at, at Tommy T's in Sacramento. Okay. And it was a little comedy competition, which is a nonsense idea to begin yeah, yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But, but because I like brought more friends than the other guys, um, I won the thing, and then they allowed me to open up for Marlon Wayans the following Friday night, which oh. is really what at that time Sacramento comedy was. Is like, oh, this asshole off the street can host for you know. Damn. It was stupid, but uh, but yeah, no, I didn't even get to meet him because I I was. At the time, I was 19, and so they're like, you got to get out of here, dude. Like, you dude. can even come here to perform. I think there, there was some kind of law surrounding or something. Uh-huh. But, okay, they could have brought Marlon in earlier so I could have met him. Like, throw me a bone. Yeah, something, man. Let me take a picture and talk about it. You just got to see him. You just have that in your memory. Right, exactly. Just like him walking by. Just walking by. Damn. Yeah, because there, there was somebody, like, in between us. There was, yeah. like, a host. That's what it was, because I was, like, the open spot. Right. But then there was like a host, and dude, I don't think this lady even did comedy. I'm pretty sure, like now that I think about it, <laughs> I think that she was like normally just used to like talking about where to park your car and shit. But like t- today, they're like, "Hey, guess what?" And she hosted, which is like a sought after position in comedy. Yeah, now. for sure. Why is that? Why do people want to host? It's just because like it's the most stage time, and like I, I think that it's because a lot of the clubs want you to um, kind of get that experience because that that's how they elevate you in. You know, in terms of how much time they're giving you, like if they were to rank you in the club and how good you are in your progression in your career, a mm-hmm. lot of the times they'll have you start as the MC or host of the club. Interesting. And then maybe they'll look for you to open for some guys. Okay. But it's always first that you're MC and hosting. Like there's some comics right now that are starting to get into that MC yeah. um, spot. And that, that's usually for like the, the Tuesday night, the new talent nights or like Thick Skin on Monday nights is one of the best shows That's ever. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And like I know Kobos has been doing that. And, uh, dude, he's so hilarious. funny. That hilarious, dude's so funny. He hosts uh, Streets of London, mm-hmm. Matt Kobos. I saw him walking on the street randomly, and I'm just like, hey, man, big fan. And he's like, are you fucking – like, he was like, are you? <laughs> he just goes right on, dude. I'm like, all right, man, I'm just – I don't know. I'm super awkward like that, but sometimes when you're walking around downtown, you'll see these dudes walking around. Yeah. And that's always – I don't know, man. Like, like I was telling you, I just have this weird fascination to talk to comedians and yeah. almost every other situation, I can like be considered shy, mm. but it almost all kind of goes away when I'm talking to a comedian. There's something about it. I don't know. Do you see any of that? Oh, for sure, man. I, th- I think that. Well, you know, everybody's different. There's some shy comics who don't talk to other comics at mics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that maybe what your comfort is is knowing that they're not going to look at you as if they're better than you, kind of thing. A lot of a lot of times, you're you're always trying to like punch up at other things. Right. You know, like you're not going to hear a lot of comics like, "Oh, look at those fucking poor people over there." <laughs> you know, you're not going to hear that. So there's a certain level of comfort, you know. Yeah. So you take a year break because you're frustrated. Why are you frustrated? Uh, because I, I didn't really understand understand how the business worked. Uh-huh. When I started, I was you know I was 23 or 24, and I just got out of the army, and I had this terrible experience with this divorce and all that other stuff. So I already had a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. And then there were guys who were like three or four years younger than me, that were bumping me at mics. Yep. And so now I'm pissed, right? Right, it's, right. It, but it's that's that was a stupid mentality to have. I don't agree with that now. Right. But back then, that's what I felt, and it was um, I think it was because in the army like you're getting ranked up and then the young guys are always giving so much shit to okay they're like i have this weird like embedded disrespect for people who are that much younger oh okay like 19 year olds i'm sure that's probably what it it's was. interesting that you can see that now though yeah at the time i didn't at the time like i just felt like i deserved a lot more which isn't true it's right it's definitely not true in retrospect no one deserves anything man dude but at the time i'm like come on bitch i'm prior like i'm, I'm the next <laughs> big thing let me go on stage this is horse shit you know yeah are you bombing early on too, or oh, are you yeah. doing really well? How does no, that? I don't think I did a good set for like the first year. Really? Why do you keep going back then? Dude, I don't know, man. I, was, I had nothing else to do. You like I was, else. I had shitty jobs. Yeah. It was my favorite thing to do. Right. Regardless of the outcome. Wow. So, uh, you know, it, it was just fun to kind of do something that I felt was, um, it was almost like a. Even though the world doesn't want to give me something, I'm going to give myself something. So I'm going to yeah. give myself this thing to do. Because I wasn't really getting a lot of love from the world, you know what I mean? Dude, yeah. I think like a lot of comedians might kind of be like that, too, where you just kind of end up doing it for yourself. I don't know if you're like this, but I've heard some comedians that they'll do it for a while and they won't tell anybody that they know. Mm. Have you? Did you tell people immediately, like, hey, I'm doing comedy, come check me out? Or did you wait and try to get comfortable mm, before no, you had yeah, people? I told, I, I told people immediately. Yeah, I was the biggest cocksucker. You were excited time. right away, dude. Dude, I convinced people I was on my way. Yeah. I did, like, two mics. Yeah. Like, you guys just wait until the third mic, dude, then there's going to be an agent that gets me. So <laughs> next summer, I'm going to fucking be hitting your Amazon Prime. Like, I was wow. just so dumb. 
because I had no idea. Right. And I, but you know, I, that same part of my ambition about wanting to be better is still there. But the mis, you know, the misconstruing the actual fact and what's possible and what mm-hmm. makes sense. And honestly, I'm not good enough to be that guy. There's some guys who do really, really well early on. Right. And and I was never that person. No. Damn, no. dude. That's yeah. So you just come in with this ego. Yeah. I think a lot of first year comics have this ego, mm. where if things kind of go well, maybe you have a couple of good ones. You're like, yeah, I'm the shit. I'm gonna be Carlin. See me on Kona next week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know I had that for a while. Like I, I was doing it, and I was doing just one mic every week. I would do it every Thursday. And then some woman saw me, and she's like, hey, I'm going to start my own mic. I want you to come, like, headline the mic. And hearing that what word, that hearing that <laughs> word as, like, a first year, dude, my ego went through the roof. For sure. And the reason I'm asking you, like, if you told people, because when I heard that, I told everyone. Yeah, right? for sure. And then when I'm getting ready for the show, like, I'm doing a couple mics to get ready for that one. And then I invite this girl out that I, it was a long time ago, but it was this girl that I liked. I invite her out to come see me just me and her we're sitting there and we're talking and i'm about to go up and i give her my phone and i'm like hey record this this is going to be history and i go up and i eat my balls for uh, 15 minutes dude 15 minutes 15 minutes dude, what kind of horrible person gives you 15 minutes on stage at that point in your time oh, it was a musician's open mic uh, and they all got like three songs and i was like is it cool if i do comedy they're like, well, you look like Bruno Mars. Can you do, like, one song? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Diamonds in the yard gets you up there. <laughs> yeah, <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awful. And I still have that footage of me just forgetting where I'm at, getting so nervous on stage, forgetting yeah. everything that I prepared. And then that's why, like, I stopped inviting a lot of people that I know. Dude, yeah, that sucks when you bring people and like they're excited and then you're excited. And then you're the worst. Yeah, and then you eat so much. And then after you walk out, you know, like, the, the standard lines people will tell you. They're like, well, I thought it was good. Yeah, it wasn't or, that bad. Yeah, they'll or, touch you on the elbow. I like the, uh, the keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, keep it up, man. Uh, yeah, okay, you'll get there. Yeah, that's exactly the oh, tone. Oh, dude. And I mean, meanwhile, like, fuck them. They have no idea, like, what they're saying. Like, they yeah. don't mean in that tone. But to us, it's like, oh, fuck that. I'm never inviting another friend in my life. Dude, man. that's, that's literally what I'm at. Because, like, yeah. rejecting in front of some asshole who works at the office depot in the DTC, he'll never remember you. I'm, I won't remember him. No, I'm yeah. fine. Like, I remember performing to a table of, like, three people that weren't listening. They're all talking to each other. Standard. That one did not sting as bad as bombing in front of, like, a close friend. Yeah. That's oh, tough, man. Dude. Yeah. And I'm still yeah. learning to get over that. And so, like, some friends I know, they're like, tell me when your next mic is. I'm like, just wait until I'm really good, and I swear I'll invite you. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a way better way to go. Like, especially looking back, I, I took so much unneeded reputation tarnish mm-hmm. for no reason. Like, it's like, <laughs> I didn't need them to be there, but I like, I think that that's why some people do. I think some people say, oh, I go to do comedy to express myself, and I definitely do that. But at the same time, and probably more so, I want the attention. Right. And like people who actually who do the um, like, I'll see people mutiny sometimes. We're like, oh, I don't care if anybody hears my comedy. Like, fucking okay, man. But I'm gonna do this. Like, I, that's yeah. what I want. What I want. So like to to pretend like I don't want my shit. I don't, I don't care about like the money. I just want people to look at my stuff and appreciate me. You know, because it validates it. what I'm thinking, man. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If people are laughing, the, I think the biggest compliment one comedian can give another is, I wish I would have thought of that hearing that like that that is the shit but when i see other people and think that to them Mm. that's literally that's why i do it like it's awesome to go up and make a group of people laugh that's great but if i can get people to be jealous of shit that i thought of right it's that's like a weird thing that i'm going for for sure but dude there's so many people in town it's a compliment for you for them to say that to you but there's so many people in town who i look at that and like I get sad after I hear them because mm-hmm. I laugh so much. I go, dude, I'm so far behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared to some of these people who are in town. Right. And and this idea, like, if you really break it down, a lot of people say, oh, they're just kind of local club people and that they haven't really gotten famous and therefore they're this or they're that. But dude, if any, if you spent any other time or any the same amount of time on something else, if you spent eight years in fucking skateboarding, mm-hmm. no one's gonna be like, oh, his 360 isn't as cool as the other guy's 360 because he's just skating in Denver. Eight years yeah. is so much time to put into anything. Right. That in that eight years, you know, you really start seeing people transform. And I've been really fortunate to see some of those guys who have, have gone from like one level of open micing to like getting booked and stuff like that. And I'm happy. 
but I'm jealous too. For sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. We can be happy for our friends, but we're like, fuck, I kind of want that spot. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. Um, so you said you were in the Army. Were you the funny guy in the Army? Dude, yeah. You have? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. I think I think that's more than anything because I had so much, like, uh, sadness and, so, and, like, you know, this depression associated with Army things. Okay. That being in that environment and being able to laugh it off, that was the feeling that I needed once I got out and I didn't have my buddies around anymore. Yeah. That I, I couldn't make anybody laugh anymore. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there was just nobody around. Like, I, I came here, I didn't know anybody. Like, I knew my brother, but, you know, there wasn't, yeah. like, a group of friends that we were all fucking around. And that's that's really where you'll see some of the funniest people, I think. Yeah, in, in the, the army? army? Oh, good Why? Lord. Why do you say because that? Because everybody is enduring the same suck. And when you're sitting in, like, the desert and, like, NTC training or whatever, and uh-huh. you're, you're sitting there and you're camping out for 30 days and doing bullshit for no reason and you're hot as shit, and then one guy does, uh hits that perfect joke right when the tension is getting really high and that for whatever reason your mind's ready for that so much it's like a relief really everybody's relieved yeah do you run into other comics that were in the army is that kind of a common thing there's or? a i've only met two okay actually no i've only met it in terms of the military i've met three or four like anthony crawford and anthony armstrong um i, I believe they were both in the air force crawford's pretty funny crawford's amazing i see him at mutiny a lot he's the most underrated comic in this town i think yeah that, that's the, the guys that are, you know he's considered really high level no doubt but just i, I i'm so surprised he hasn't gotten picked up somewhere along yeah, the line yeah why is that because so i see him literally at almost every mic that i go to i know this yeah. dude's out like working and getting his shit right and it's always something new mm. it's hardly ever repeat jokes yeah is yeah, that something so that good. you like are you, every mic do you try to have new stuff or are you working on the same stuff and trying to hone it i'll usually make and, a sandwich out of it you know i'll start with like some ones i know are going to be decent off the top yeah and then i'll close on something that i hope is going to be decent okay um, and i'll fit some new stuff in between Okay, okay. Sometimes I'll be stupid and I'll end on something new. And then, you know, because I just don't want to screw it up for the first comic who comes up. Mm. Where everybody, I mean, but even last night, like, they figured it out. But right. last night I, I opened with some stuff that worked on everybody. But that group of, like, <laughs> middle-aged financiers were yeah. not digging my stuff. Or a lot of people's stuff. And so that's just something that happens naturally sometimes, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel a lot of pressure hosting? Not anymore. No? Yeah, no, because they're all my friends, man. Like, like the, guy, the people who come to the show you know there's so we get we really hang out yeah and we really talk when we're when we're doing it and, you know obviously not when the other comics are there but we really connect in a way even for somebody who shows up for the first time that i don't feel the pressure because it's like i'm just hanging out with my friends over here nice trying to make them laugh that's kind of how i view it yeah okay yeah that's like yeah. a different audience but when you got out of the army did you start doing it by yourself yeah or did you have a group of people that you went with or just I, yeah i went to two mics okay. i went to the goose town tavern on colfax uh-huh. and then i went to uh I went to the Squire, which was the scariest place of all time back I've then. Dude. Um, but then I was like, man, fuck this shit. Because I was riding my bike from Aurora to downtown. So it was like a 10-mile bike ride or whatever Whoa. it was. Okay. And so I was like, okay, well, I need to do a mic in Aurora because there's no mics in Aurora. Mm-hmm. So after my second open mic, I started my own mic across okay. the street from where I lived. Because there was this dive bar. I'm like, I bet you I can do comedy in there. And you did it. Yeah. Yeah. After my second time, doing it, again, looking back on it. Because everybody in the comedy scene... You know, the information went on, like, 5280. Right, right. And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? They never <laughs> been, like, nobody. Like, yeah. nobody had ever heard of me, man. It's crazy. It was, it was a crazy thing to do at the time. But that's, you know, what I started doing. Is that where we were last night? No, no, no. That one, that's uh, a newer showcase. That was week six. That's mm-hmm. this week six of this one. So it's different because that one's not uh, an open mic. But it's, it's like an open showcase. Mm. That's how I say it. It's just, it's where I want to have a structured show. Right. Sign people up, but I don't ever turn anybody down, mm. ever. Really? It doesn't matter. Yeah, like go ahead, you know, because I want people to be believed in. Sometimes just being believed in helps somebody's comedy. That's huge. I got to be honest. You even reaching out, I'm like, holy shit, someone is interested in doing a podcast because first of all, like everyone has their own podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Literally, everybody has their own. Anyone can start one. They're easy to do. For sure. And it might be flooded a little bit, but I don't know why. There's something you saw this and you're like, ah, I'm just gonna do that. That's super helpful, man, honestly. Like, you're the first comic, and my idea for this whole thing is to interview a lot of Denver comics and just talk about the comedy that they're doing, what it means to them and stuff like that. So it does mean a lot that you've reached out, the first one. Oh, that's sick, dude. I appreciate it. I, I just, I've always sat at the loser table in life. Mm. And, I'm not, and I don't mean to, to say that you're a loser or that anybody's a loser, but because <laughs> I was at the loser table... I relate to the people who aren't getting the attention more. Mm. 
Like I, I'm more comfortable talking to people who aren't like getting the yeah, clown walking dude. around with their chest held high because all those people were somebody who never accepted me anyway. So I, not only am I not going to act like that, but I'm not going to hang out with those people. Yeah, it's just not for me. That's a great mentality to have. Yeah, and, and there's people at all levels who act, who act different different ways. Mm-hmm. But if they run around acting like their shit is like the best thing to ever hit the market, and then they're looking down at other people for any other reason, it just doesn't vibe with yeah. me. Yeah, I remember so, um, doing one mic at the White Whale Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have no idea who this comic was that I was talking to, but I went there and just trying to network. I was still brand new to like Denver comedy. This is probably like the third or fourth one that I've done. And I'm talking to him, I'm like, hey, are you on Facebook at all? And he goes, no, I don't add other comedians on Facebook because all they post are their own things. Mm. And well, I, that person's dumb. Yeah. yeah. I'm so, like, of course yeah. they post their own things, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so that, that person's just going to lose out on a lot of opportunity. So I'll, I'll get friend requests all the time from people who I've, I've never seen but i assume they're in comedy mm-hmm. and they'll add me because we have like 160 mutual friends mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you want to do that man you want to do that so people know who you are right so when i'm booking a show like the only way for people to get on my show is to be in the facebook group mm-hmm. so like it's just an opportunity like that you have to do that it's right. part of networking i mean if you just want to go sit and tell bullshit jokes at mutiny fucking information cafe <laughs> have nobody hear about you go back tomorrow and tell your friends you're a fucking crusher on big stages Go right ahead. Yeah. But not adding people on Facebook is only going to fuck you. So, yeah, great work, dipshit. You're not going to have any fucking safe time. <laughs> yeah. So networking Jesus is Christ. like half the game then. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I think it's it's helpful. I mean, but if you're if you're great at networking but you suck as a comic, that's not going to help either. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I'm just now starting to, to be a little bit better at it. Right. And I'm, you know, three years in or whatever. Yeah. But I had to let go of my own pride to do it. To network? Yeah, because... I had this weird, stupid ego yeah. thinking that these guys were here and that for whatever reason, I, I was a natural guy mm-hmm. that should have been ahead. And I had no reason to think that right. it was egotistical and it was prideful. And once I stopped doing that, yeah, I started to talk to these guys just to find out they all have experienced a lot of the same things I have. They have similar complaints and they're actually really fucking nice guys. Like Andreas Besserell is one of those guys, man. He's one of the guys, him. dude, he's, he's a fucking killer comic. He, uh, he's a guy who I had seen around for years, mm-hmm. but he's a tough looking dude. And I, I was like, okay, well, if he doesn't want to say hi to me, I won't say hi to him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then I did. And I'm like, well, this is the coolest guy ever. Yeah. You know, and he's a great fucking comic. I'm so happy to be able to talk to him when I go to Mike's. Yeah. It just makes it easier if you're going and walking into a room full of people who you've had conversation with before. Right. Did you, did you consider yourself shy before you started? No, network, I, I was never shy, but I wasn't really a good, like a happy go look. You know, I, I've never really smiled. I'm not really a smiler. Yeah, you, know, you haven't I, smiled once since I've met you. Yeah, it's just not for me, man. Yeah, and, I hear you. Yeah, and so so people, like, I've always been a dick to people, dude. I feel really bad about it. But I've always kind of had this kind of bullshit, cocky attitude right. toward people. And it's probably a defense mechanism of some kind. And over only maybe in the last year and a half, two years, have I like, really yeah. put myself in check. And it's like, stop being a cocksucker, dude. You're not any better than anybody. I think that's like, uh, it's like humor, like a sense of humor in general. Like if you rely on it, I think it is just a defense mechanism. Like my whole thing was people... I never wanted people to make fun of me. And so right. as soon as they did, I wanted something to say back. Mm-hmm. And so I never like went out and bullied people. But if anyone ever like spoke to me, I'd, I would have like 50 comebacks ready. For sure. Like I would just sit by myself and just try to think of shit to say yes. to people. Dude, and then you get riled up because you're like, I feel like this guy's going to say something mm-hmm. disrespectful mm-hmm. right now. And I'm ready for it. So he, he doesn't know what he has coming. Right. It's, like, it's like in boxing. You're like, he's going to throw that jab. I'm going to slip, come back with a hook. You're fucked. That's what you're thinking in your mind. Literally what I'm thinking. And then this guy's like thinking about what he wants a Panda Express, dude. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck about you anyway, dude. And you're sitting there freaking yeah, out. Yeah, dude. You know? Yeah, you're ready to like get in a like a verbal. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know, man. That's a weird insecurity. I think a lot of comics uh, comics share. You know, I think that everybody shares that in common in, in the community. Yeah. An irrational thought about what other people are thinking about them because they care that much. Because we feel more, man. We feel. I, I took this um, this comedy class last year at the Improv. Okay. And uh, John Toll, who's like a, a A-level top vet uh-huh. in the scene, he, he came in, he was a guest speaker, and he was saying that comics understand and feel 10% more on the spectrum on each side. So they, they feel 10% more of the negative and 10% more of the positive, and then Whoa. we pick up on 10% more detail of positive things mm-hmm. and 10% more negative detail. So if, if someone's like, oh, it's a nice day outside, maybe the comic might be like, yeah, but that bird is probably going to fall on your car because it's about to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that shit, you know, because they can just pick up on both of it. Yeah. 
I think that, and I that was really interesting. You know? That's super fascinating. Yeah. You said you did that at the improv. Have you ever done improv? No, well, the, the Denver improv is just a comedy It's just club. a comedy place. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I was, hear that. And, like, I know a lot of comedians dabble in both. Improv to me seems like a whole different beast, though. Dude, I, I don't have the personality for it, man. I'm, it's not to say that it's not funny or whatever, but I'm not going to sit up there and be like, oh, give me a location. So I'm like, South Beach. I'm like, oh, wow, it's hot here. You know, I'm just not that fucking guy. You can go suck my dick. I don't like that shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, because I, when I see somebody else happy, I still have part of me that's like, you know what? I'm glad you're happy. I'm yeah. not there. I hope someone so, kicks you in the balls yeah, right now. Why yeah, don't you yeah, yeah. Bring it down a couple levels, dude. <laughs> I, I can't have people ha- too happy. Like the the thing, if I had an assault rifle and a, and a spare magazine, <laughs> and they were like, "Hey, man, you got to kill 20 people in Denver," and this is gonna save people. Like you have to do this, or we're killing the whole town. I'd be like, great. I go downtown, find the people on the bar bikes. Oh, they're all biking yeah, around, yeah. And they're all like drinking fucking Coors Light out of a pitcher. Like, yeah. oh, but we're doing it on a bar bike, and they're slowing down traffic. Every single one of them. You have them picked out. Grand Theft Auto style. Yeah. Dude, absolutely. Five stars wanted because that shit. Because it looks so happy over stupid shit, dude. That bugs you? <laughs> yes. But like, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, The happier I fucking see people, the more, more irritated I get. <laughs> dude, I'm kind of the same way. Bring it down a little bit. The world's depressing. Right. Why are you so happy? Yeah. You're going to die. I think, I think I was just robbed of happiness. And so I, I'm, I'm angry that they're happy. It's like, why do you deserve that? And I don't kind of thing. And then when they're not happy, you get happier. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, that's right. Ha, you know? That's pretty fucked up. Dude. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy, dude. But it's just, it's the truth, though. It's the honest yeah, truth. Yeah, yeah. And so I try to take that even in my own acts. You know, like when, when I'm trying to write. And that's the, that's where I want to tap into more than anything. And I'm still trying to get there. But that's mm-hmm. where I try to write off of. Yeah. Like things, it's like, let me tear somebody down. Okay. I've, in the army I was the roast guy like I roasted everybody I'd hurt everybody's feelings dude especially when we were in Korea they had nowhere to go because we all lived in the same <laughs> barracks dude I mean they would get into work dude and I'd verbally assault them until we slew the flag and went home damn I, dude I don't know what it was dude I just loved the sensation of roasting of yeah hurting yeah, somebody's yeah. feelings dude it was the best that's pretty wild do you ever get your feelings hurt oh yeah dude that's why I do it is because I take things more I'm so much you're more sensitive, sensitive aren't you yeah sure. yeah I'm so much more sensitive that I already like have it all, so I'm almost trying to get it out of me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm, I'm upset that this person looked at me weird. They don't like me, or they don't want to be my friend. Oh, look at this fucking guy, fat ass cheeks, look like a chipmunk. You know, something like mm-hmm. that, dude. Yeah, your ears stick out on the yeah, side of your you, head. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. For me, for sure, dude. Right, right, right. Yeah, dude. It's but like to yeah, I, I like that was something I told a guy. Like he was sitting there minding his own business. And I said, <laughs> when are the other two chipmunks coming for your fucking uh your your trio song, singing Damn, song? Damn, like dude. That. Just and he wasn't doing anything. It's all making sense now that you sat at that table by yourself growing up. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You got a lot of that. I, I mean, I'm the same, but, like, I, I never initiated. Like I said, like, if anyone ever said something to me, I got 50 things ready. Just That's just my instinct. Yeah. Just to clap back instantly. But it seems like there's something that you like initiating. Yeah, for sure, because I like to get the attack on him first, mm-hmm. because most people, I don't feel like they think like you, and I don't, for the record, honestly, I, yeah, I don't yeah, do yeah. this anymore, this is just, <laughs> when I was more of a dick, and I swear to God, I don't do it anymore, <laughs> but back then, it was like, if I, if I were, if I could hit you once and knock you out, mm. you're not going to come back anyways, hmm. so if whatever comes out of my mouth is just a heat-seeking missile, and you're fucked, I don't care what else that person is thinking, because I'm going to say it right at the right time when everybody's listening. Damn, Yeah. Dude, that's dude. something comedians have just like waiting for that time yeah they they wait just like just the time chime in perfectly yeah mm. I, I just that, that was my whole goal I, I was so angry about being in the army and i like i was stupid i re-enlisted and i was still mad yeah but uh but like we're in korea once okay and um there was a big policy that the general said that you can't uh buy the sex workers anymore in town Oh. They, were, they were called Juicy Girls. Oh, nice. And they called them that because if you bought them a, a drink, which was always juice, that they would then have sex with you. It was their bargaining system anyway. So they said, guys, you can't do this. This is super illegal. These are all like <laughs> sex slaves. Stop, right? Wow. Yeah, like it was bad. and It, it still is. Yeah. For whatever reason, I, I think because I joked about it so much, people thought that I was like a, a big customer of theirs. <laughs> so the first sergeant called me up to the whole front of the formation. There's a whole company full of people. It's so like 100 guys sitting yeah. in a big square all waiting for me to say this. Like, you need to read this letter. I think they wanted to, like, make an example out of me because I thought it was funny. Yeah. So, they, so, they had, so I read it sarcastically. I'm like, the general did. says we, we can't get with the sex workers anymore. Dude, I'm, like, throwing up quote, air quotes. My guys, we can't, we can't do it anymore. 
everybody will get oh, caught up. You know? So I'm, I'm sitting there making fun of like this super serious thing. <laughs> so there's something about just tearing down the system and watching the world burn and being able to actually do it with my words. You ever yeah. figure out how crazy that is? Is that you can make a sound with your mouth that will change the heart rate of somebody else. Yeah. Just That's pretty weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like this magic that I'm like, oh, shit, I have a power right now, dude. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm not fucking Harry Potter or whatever, dude, because I'd be going around <laughs> slaying motherfuckers. You're like, I can point this and kill somebody. Everybody's toast, dude. Taking advantage of yeah, that. Yeah, dude. So I don't, I don't handle power well because that's the only thing I got right now. I misuse it all the time. So what happens if you get super big? What happens if this goes well for you? Are you just going to be an asshole? Well, I'm never an asshole to people who... I'm not an asshole anymore. I'm okay. Not, I'm, I'm not like that. I'm okay. not like that anymore. But I think I'll always, because of my resentment toward like power, Yeah. I think that I'll always be somebody who cares about the smaller person. Mm. I think that's a, that's a positive end of it. That, okay. That's, yeah. Dude, that's what I care about now. Like, that's right, a big right turnaround, now. dude. Yeah. That's well, a big... Yeah, because, well, in, at the end of the day, I was, you know, I was just so sensitive. I, I had a heart. So if somebody genuinely came out to me, I was just unapproachable. Yeah. It, dude, like, I was somebody's supervisor in the army. Imagine that. Oh, fuck no. Dude, so they had to come to me for, with, like, their personal finance stuff and all this other stuff because that's how it works in the army. You have to tell people your, like, personal information. Yeah. But then, like, the one guy that came to me in general was like, hey, man, I need help with my parents' immigration papers through legal and the guy that I normally report to is fucking it off. Mm. And like now his parents have US citizenship. It's not really my doing. I just showed him how to do it. Mm-hmm. But I was actually able to help some good shit, but I was unapproachable for the most part. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not anymore. I don't think so. No, I you seem not. super approachable. Yeah. Especially when I met you last night. Yeah. Yeah, you came up to me, gave us a raffle ticket. Yeah, dude. No. Yeah, I'm really glad you guys came. Yeah. I try not to be that way anymore. No. I'm, I'm just trying. I'm trying to be brutally honest about my shortcomings. Because so far, you have been. I, I appreciate I, it. Yeah, well, I just think that maybe that's a big struggle for people too is not wanting to admit that they're kind of fucked up. Right. For no reason. Yeah. You know, like okay, I'm, I'm sure something happened in your past, but just if you take responsibility for it and say, "Dude, this is me. I don't like myself. I'm trying to work on it." <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe if somebody else heard me saying that and they struggle with something else, maybe they can, you know, have the courage to be like, oh, "I fucking hate yeah. myself for this." You know. You think if a comic is too happy that they lose the ability to be funny no way dude there's some there's don't some, think so dude matt kobos is is a really funny guy he is yeah, yeah and he's always going up there he's like balancing his head and has right like, oh, yeah oh, dude. Dude. you know he has like this i he has a character man i'm jealous of it because he, he's like this guy dude two girls got his like silhouette tattooed no shit yeah it, with it, the stash and everything yeah well i know the one he showed me it was just like the outline of his hair and then the mustache in the middle wow yeah it was it's hilarious dude. he's because, never gonna shave that then Dude, well, it's his image, and he's so good right. about, like, he's created a character that I love to see. Yeah. Because he's unique, man. Nobody else is like Kobos in town. Nah, yeah, you're right. So you almost want to be that, I think. That's something I'm really trying to get to. But you're uh, saying he's, like, a pretty happy guy, even yeah. off stage and all that? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I think so. He's always been happy anytime I've talked to him. Yeah. But I, as far as, like, having a happy composure, is that what you're asking about? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like, if you're too happy in your personal life, if you don't have shit to be upset about, do you think you lose the ability to go up and be funny? Do you need some anger to be funny? Yeah, I don't, you know, man, I, I don't know. That's a great question. I have no idea. I, I don't think so. I'm sure that there's some guy who's, well, Chris D'Elia. Yeah. Chris D'Elia, if you ever listen to like, him talk, mm-hmm. he's like the happiest guy. He's in movies. He's a millionaire. Like his dad is a, a director in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So he grew up rich. He's always happy. And he said that's the, that idea isn't true. Mm. So, I mean, I believe him. I mean, he doesn't seem like he's upset, but maybe he is. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he's sad inside and hates himself. Yeah. I didn't know his dad was a director. Yeah, Bill D'Elia is his dad. Bill D'Elia. Yeah, and he's like a major Hollywood producer. What is What does he make? Do you know anything? Or Not off the just, top of my head. Okay. Hmm. So who are some of your favorite comedians? You mentioned Chris D'Elia. Huge. Yeah, Chris is great, dude. So who are like your top three? Of all time or current living? Top time. Uh, all time. George Carlin's my number one goat. Mm-hmm. My number one, hands down. Even late Carlin when he got all preachy? Yeah, that was yeah. my favorite part. Cause I That's be- your favorite part. Yeah, because I believed all the shit he was saying, too. Yeah. So he was, like, giving me passion and excitement and a little bit of that same, that same sense of anger toward what I already believed in. Mm, gotcha. Like, I think religion is absolutely nonsense. Right. So when I hear him doing it, too, I get excited about it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, see, um, no- number two would probably be uh, be Richard Pryor. I think really? that just be Yeah, just because he had to battle up against so many other things that other guys haven't had to battle up. So I'm taking his comedy for the time with the adversity that he had had just being able to get there in the first place. Yeah. So mixing it together. 
And then if it just if I only had three, which is not enough, but if I only had three, mm-hmm. I'd probably go Rodney Dangerfield. Dude, hell yeah. yeah. Does not get enough credit. Dude, his, his ability to go on to late shows with his one liar set and, and like kill Johnny Carson. Right, dude, I've watched those clips so many times. Dude, it's I watch them like once a month where he just like kills Carson. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, that's pretty wild that you say that. No, he's definitely in my top three. Yeah, when he was also responsibility, or he was also responsible for a lot of other comic success. Like he had, he had his Dangerfields Club. That's right. And then he had like the HBO special. Mm-hmm. He was getting like Dice on as, as an example. Like Andrew Dice Clay wouldn't exist without Ronnie Dangerfield. Whoa. So it's all it's that kind of influence I give credit to. Yeah. It would be a different list at the end of like the current guys careers like i'm sure they'll do something even more substantial but those guys had their whole lives to do it and that's why i consider them the top three prior is an interesting one like i i respect the career itself but uh-huh. when i go back and listen to it now for the first time it doesn't hit it doesn't hit like dangerfield still hits or like carlin still hits yeah and like i guess you were saying it is sort of just to the time mm-hmm. uh, yeah bit. i mean i don't know man i, I think his, his shit is hilarious i i think maybe the trouble is is that if you've heard all the stuff that's been done since that's kind of like built off of his foundation right yeah and then you go that. back and listen to his original stuff that you may think that uh it's like oh well, i've heard that a million times it's not really a hot take or a new take on it but imagine that he was the first guy doing like with the white guy voices he was able to pull the white guy voices 10 out of 10 it's so fucking funny it's dude. perfect man. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so that's why i say like for his time there was nobody else like him okay but what do you think man who's your top three dangerfield is Probably number three for me. Number one, Louis C.K. still. Okay. Despite the weirdness. I just yeah. The comedy itself is just, it's too good to ignore. Mm-hmm. It's too funny. Um, and then like a, like a random, Dimitri Martin for me. Really? Yeah. I'm Interesting. A, I'm learning that I'm not the best storyteller. I'm still working on it, but for the most part, like when I go up, it's just one-liners. Mm-hmm. And so people that I've watched from the beginning, like Mitch Hedberg, Dimitri Martin, guys like that those are the guys that i would just listen to over and over and over and memorize their stuff right but yeah louis ck is like the one storyteller just goofy guy his technique and all that stuff yeah dimitri i don't think gets enough credit i've heard a lot of people talk that he's like predictable or kind of boring oh well but i've never i never got those, that from him are, honestly those are man. haters man I don't they're know. just haters yeah they're haters i i don't like when i hear people criticize comedy in that particular degree you can mm-hmm. say you don't like it but just because you don't like it doesn't mean that it's not good. Mm-hmm. You're not a professor of comedy. These guys have worked their whole lives, and obviously they have a fan base. So mm-hmm. obviously people like it. So when you're like, oh, well, he did, he's this, he's that, and you've never got on stage, like, what, from what authority are you speaking of? <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, I, and I, but I have the same people people who go to football games, and there's, like, some guy with two oars and nachos screaming at the fucking super athlete. Dude, I would, no, yeah. Fuck, fuck out of here with that, man. That's what I'm saying. So I, I have the same issue with them. <laughs> okay. But it's, like, the, the idea that you think that you can just sit there and shout out at people, especially hecklers, you know, like, you're not going to hear that at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Like, in the middle of a movie, no one's going to stand up and be like, the fucking plot line doesn't make sense, you know? <laughs> no one's going to say that, dude. <laughs> Have you been heckled? Have you been oh, heckled yeah. before? A bunch of times. What's dude. that like? Um, man, I've been heckled once, and I, really? I did okay. Ah, uh, man, this dude was on crutches, and he was just shouting shit out like, "That one was bad." <laughs> and I just go, "Dude, it looks like somebody told you to break a leg, and you just took it way too seriously." Oh, uh, you guys asked immediately. Just like a yeah, like a quick. Like I said, dude, I just got like I'm ready. Oh, I just want not. people to talk shit, but I haven't really been heckled. Actually, dude, funny story at Los Tacos. The first time I went up there. I had this idea in my head. I'm only going to prepare two jokes, and then I just want the crowd to heckle me. So I went up, had two openers. They were silly, like one-liners. And then I'm like, okay, if anybody would like to participate, this is your chance. And I was, like, inviting people to heckle. I was like, if you have anything to say, please just say it. I waited there. Ten seconds, nothing. And then Sayedigan goes, still got three minutes. Oh, shit. And I'm like, fuck, I don't have anything else. I just started mumbling. I'm like, ah, this totally backfired. Dude, mumbling's the the worst. It's and the I, worst. I, I heard you talk about it in your last episode, dude. <clears throat> that was my problem for the first year mm-hmm. and change in my comedy was nobody understood me. Right. And that I didn't articulate correctly. Yeah. And I'm still trying to make that better, but that's my biggest struggle. Mumbling. Mum. Yeah, mumbling. Not going too fast on stage. Yep. Yep. You know, I feel like I, I have. Uh, a pretty decent writing skill. Okay. And I'm not saying I'm the best writer of all time, but I, I would say that that's my strong suit compared to my my stage 
not even presence, but just for them to be able to understand the joke. Mm-hmm. If I were, if I can get better at that, it would help me out a lot. And so I, I get where you're coming from with the mumbling thing. Too. With mumbling, it's the worst. It's getting worse for me. Like, I mean, you probably heard me talking. That's the overbite that I have. Right. Right. And like, I'm pulling my jaw forward a little bit, just trying to say these words. Yeah. I fucking hate repeating myself, dude. Well, yeah, but I think that's nonsense. I think you can, you just have to work on it. Mm-hmm. There, there's like speech coaches and voice coaches for a reason because it yeah. is an acquirable skill. Right. And that's something I had to tell myself as well because I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, I just sound I sound like uh, the dude from King of the Hill. What's his name? Dale Gribble? Yeah. Dude, I was like, okay, I'm just going to sound like a moron my whole life. And I was convinced of that and I got really sad and then I like Googled it. And I, I learned all these different ways and these little techniques to help you articulate better and to help your speed. And things like, like what? That. Like what? Do you just put your line your teeth up or what are you doing? No, just like a weird... Uh, even, well, and I'm, I'm almost like doing a fucking call back to your episode sure sure um but the, when you were doing those tongue twisters yeah so there's a, there's a few different ones like that okay and then I, there was another guy who was talking about the way that he like counts his, his breasts in between i forget that guy but there's a lot of information because okay. people struggle with this yeah and I think that's a, that's the number one thing that people don't want to tell you people are a lot of people in this town especially are afraid to like criticize somebody to help them that's right yeah i think you're right about that so they don't want to be like dude nobody can understand what the fuck you're saying yeah and i wish sometimes i wish people would be more that way yeah i wish somebody would have came up to me when i was three months in i hosted a weekly mic i'm however many mics down the road dude and they uh nobody can even understand what i'm saying nobody just took me aside. i was like dude nobody fucking can understand <laughs> you that would have been heaven sent at the yeah. time it would have hurt my feelings yeah. i probably would have unfriended him on facebook dude but the more i sucked i'd be like okay well, then he's right. It would have been nice. You have that now. You have the retrospect now. But yeah, like somebody comes up to me and they're like, hey, maybe you should slow that joke down a little bit. I'm like, maybe you should blow me. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I'm literally the exact same way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're angry off the Oh, top. I'm like, no, don't get yeah. fuck. Don't tell me how to do it, man. Yeah, 100%. I spent dude. four hours trying to get this one joke right. You're like, slow it down. All right. Yeah. What do you know, dude? Yeah. No, I'm not. I mean, I'm trying to get better at it, like you're saying. It's hard, dude. But it, at least you're acknowledging it. Right. And I think it'll, it just takes time. Yeah, because no. Trying to like stop a, a reaction that quick, like you really. Oh, have to it's my gut yourself. instinct, dude. Yeah, I want to smack you. That's what. Yeah, it's just what I. That's how I am. Definitely. What? So, we've talked a lot about like your your journey so far, what you've been doing, like who you are, pretty much. But like, what are some things? And we've talked about it a little bit, but, like some things that you've learned, or like advice that you would like to pass on. Advice to to people who are doing comedy or people, people that are doing comedy. Yeah, and and I want to put a huge huge caveat on it. Before this is great. Yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Is that I'm just going through the journey like anybody else is, mm-hmm. and I'm only three years in. Right. And so, my advice from what I say now to when I you know further along down the line, it might it, it probably will change, but I can tell you what I know now mm-hmm. at my step best, and there's some other people in town who are going to be a lot better to answer this question, but I'll say for myself. Uh, find find what it is that you feel bad about in comedy and try to work on fixing that mm-hmm. instead of expecting it to be fixed from other people. Mm-hmm. For me, it was going to open mics and not having people to talk to. And I'm saying they're blaming and pointing fingers when the whole time it was me. Mm-hmm. And so if it's a situation where maybe you hate comedy because, or you hate parts of comedy where you're not getting laughs, well, it's, it's definitely not their fault. Right. So I, I would say that what, if I were to give a younger version of myself advice, right. is really look at what's happening in front of you that you dislike and find out exactly what you're doing to cause it. Self-awareness. Try to be yeah, as self-aware as possible. Yeah. Not to the point where you're wanting to go, that you're depressed all the time, so like, don't beat yourself up. Right. But just give yourself an honest sit down in your mind. You know, Just be like, okay, well, hey, listen, dude, here's where we fucked up. Here's where we need to change. Let's not sulk on it. But just do it. Yeah, it's not the other comic's fault that you got put on last at the open mic because you don't talk to anybody. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not their fault. It's it's most of the time the person's fault who's feeling like it's everybody else's fault. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of responsible for that too. I, mean, um, I think a lot of people were, dude. I was the worst about it, dude. I'm so embarrassed by it. I try to like convince other people. Well, you're very open about it now. Yeah, and that how you were like better. that. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting better at it slowly. I don't think I'm being perfect at it now. Yeah. But I think that over time, I'm getting better about it. And what's the best advice that you've heard about this? Dude, oh, I took so many notes, man. I'm trying to think about my good off the top. And I hate to put you on the spot no, like this, no, no. but I also love putting people on the spot, so. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I, well, and I, I worked at Comedy Works South okay. for a while. How and long? I, oh, damn. 
almost a year. Nice. Almost a year. And so the whole reason I took that job wasn't for the money because the pay was so low. Mm -hmm. It was so when the headliners came through, the big national touring giant names that we get coming through Comedy Works is that I can start picking their brains. And they let me go into the shows for free all the time. Did you do that? Did you pick their brains, the guys that were headlining and all? A bunch of them. Really? Yeah, and that's so I'm trying to sort through that information. I think I have the answer already, but I wanted to preface this with saying I wasn't just watching YouTube videos and be like, oh, well, I, that, you know, even though I do that too, but that's not where I'm getting this from. Mm-hmm. These are like the guys that I talk to. Wow. And I think that what I would say the best advice I've heard over time is just as easy as don't quit, get on stage, write. That's mm-hmm. it. That's mm-hmm. it, man. And everybody else has their own variations of it. Mm-hmm. But for every successful comedian I talked to, they all had a variance of that. Don't quit. Don't quit. In the words Joey Diaz told me once, never quit, cocksucker. <laughs> That's what he told me. When I asked him that same question, I was like, dude, what, what can I do? Like, I want to be good. Yeah. Never quit, cocksucker. I could picture that he's just like sweating and he's like saying he's that. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, it was. A that's amazing, like that. dude. Yeah. So that's, that, that's what I would say. And trying to complicate it the way people complicate it, I think hurts more than helps. Yeah. You know, like Tom Papa um, told me to sit down for like an hour a day and just write and don't even try to be funny if you don't have to be funny, but just to write. Just write? Just, just like write. a diary kind mm-hmm. of or like just a journal? Write. And that's what I do for myself now. I think it's helped me a lot. Uh, and that was something that, that John Toll talked about as well. Just just getting down and getting all the, the garbage out mm-hmm. because there's always like gems hidden in the garbage. But if you just keep them in your head and you're not writing, then you're losing out on the potential gems that could be mixed in the garbage. Because mm-hmm. most of what you write down on the paper is going to be complete shit and nonsense. Right. So the little gems that are in there is really what keep you those. Do. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a separate notebook for those gems or like a separate thing that you're writing just those guys down? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So did you I, keep I, that I, instinctively or did you learn to do that? What's that? Like keep like when you have a funny thought, you don't want to forget it. Did you uh, yeah. learn that or did you just like, cause for me, like randomly when I was 16, I'm like, I don't want to forget this one. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. wrote it down and I've just been doing it ever since. Yeah. I, I had to learn because there's so many things I wanted to write about like days later. Cause I was stupid and I wasn't writing. Damn. Cause I thought I was just naturally funny enough to be a great stand up. Mm-hmm. So I would just, uh, I would be like, Oh, I'll write about that before I go on stage on Friday. Cause I was so inconsistent with mics as well. Mm-hmm. And so once I started forgetting almost everything, that I was like, okay, well, I need to write this down immediately. Because sometimes you get an idea in the shower and you have to like hurry up and like run out. And yeah, 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 yeah. Things like that. Dang. Yeah, Mitch Hedberg once had a, a good line where like, um, sometimes I'm sitting in my hotel room and I think of something funny, but if the notebook is too far away, I have to convince myself that what I thought of ain't funny. <laughs> That's just like, I always think about that, but he's yeah. always just like, don't be lazy, just yeah. go fucking write it. Yeah, exactly. I think he's right. Obviously, he's right. The guy's one of the greats. Do you keep it on your phone? I keep, like, single-line things on my phone. Okay. And I try to write a little bit more about it as soon as I can get to my notebook, which is normally all the time anyway. Is that pen to paper or computer pen guy? Pen to paper, always. Pen to paper? Always, yeah. And do you have a time limit that you're going for? I, I'll i do an hour a day. You will? Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Maybe it's, like, six days a week. Okay. But sometimes I'll go crazy. If, I've, if I if I eat shit two or three times in a row at different shows, I'll get mad and I'll do like two or three hours. Okay. Where I throw on uh, my headphones, I listen to like piano music or some bullshit like that. Things right. that won't distract me. And I just write for like two or three hours because I'm so frustrated. I'm like, I need to get good. You're Whoa. pissed at not being good. You know, that's, yeah. that's how I feel. I still feel that way. I'm like, damn it, I'm still not good because I see that people are great. And I'm like, fuck. What am I doing? Yeah. Fucking sitting here jerking off, dude. I need, to, I need to get better at what I'm doing. That's right. No, there was a guy who was like, I've put in my 10,000 hours. He was talking about jerking off uh-huh. last night. <laughs> Somebody said that last night? Somebody said that last night, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Um, you, know what I, you know, I asked him, you know, the, the irony of you saying that is that it's an NC-17 show. Like, the mm-hmm. restaurant owner asked me to have people not talk about that. <laughs> and before every show, I sit everybody down right at the beginning. All the, all the comics on the show get in a circle. I was like, okay, guys. I have to say this every week and nobody ever follows it. Mm-hmm. Please don't. Like, you could say fuck, you can say shit, but don't talk about, like, jerking off or taking a shit or anything like that. Is that right? Yeah, dude. And everybody always said, it's almost always jerking off. It's, yeah. Dude, we're comedians, dude. No, of course yeah, it I is. Get it, man, but God damn it, man. <laughs> like, work clean if you can, dude. It helps, yeah. man. It helps because, like, comedy works goes clean in December. 
Do they really? Yeah, their whole club goes clean in December. Huh. And so for situations like that, you're going to want to at least have the ability to work clean. I'm yeah. not even asking you to be squeaky clean in this room. Just right. don't talk about jerking off or taking a dump. Yeah. Every single week, somebody comes and talks about those exact things. Taking a dump and jerking you off simultaneously. Chaos, man. It's, yeah. uh, it's impossible. But I say it because a restaurant wants me to say it. I don't really care. Yeah. But. that's Dude, yeah, people don't like when I talk about jerking off, but those people can go fuck themselves. Dude, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck that, dude. But mm-hmm. you know, but if some, if you get booked on a show and they're like, "Hey, man, we're clean," like I'd still probably, yeah, we're clean. You know, I wouldn't be like, "Ah, oh, fuck you, I like jerking off on Sundays." <laughs> you, know, you can't say that, you know. And uh, it, it's it's yeah, like, mm. like last week, I'm not, I'm not gonna name drop, but somebody sure. like crossed the line by a far margin. Yeah, to two like older ladies because they were like having dinner at like eight thirty. They were there right when we started. Oh. And so I think that's those people are who the restaurant owner didn't want to piss off because it's like a neighborhood restaurant. Mm. And he didn't want people to go in there for dinner. Like, we can't go back there because somebody was talking about my titties. You know what I mean? <laughs> and somebody was, they somebody said something outlandish, dude. And I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> uh, like, as soon as that happens, man, what do you, okay. Yeah. You know, Does that ruin the show? No. I mean, like, we got it back. We okay. were lucky because I don't think anybody said anything. But there's going to be a time when somebody says something and someone's going to go to the owner and be like, I've been coming here for 20 years. Yeah. And I never thought I would have to worry about somebody asking if I had a vasectomy. You know, like, <laughs> something like that. And, like, it's going to fuck things up eventually. So I'm hoping that it can at least stay mild if we're crossing the line. Like, it yeah. goes so far over. Do you think we could run a clean mic in Denver? you think that's possible? Oh uh, yeah, I think I think it is. Are I there think, a couple of those, or I don't know? I don't, I don't, I've never been to one. A clean mic. A clean mic. No, yeah. No, I know that there's like clean showcases. I think you could if you want to. Yeah. I think you can do fucking anything. Right. And I think the benefit of me like starting a mic early, as stupid as that was at the time, I eventually learned my place, and I think that I did learn more from that experience than if I just went to open mics. Mm. Like, I got additional experience. Yeah. How many mics do you do a week? <sighs> Man. That, that varies like motherfucker, man. Um, I would say on the low end, I try to do at least three. That's my minimum. Three is your minimum? Is my minimum a week. Nice. If I'm not doing three, I think that like, I'll just suck worse. Yeah. I'm afraid of that. It's like drowning. I, I feel like if you don't go to a mic and like, practice your shit in front of people, then you start to drown. And mm-hmm. then you can continue to paddle mm-hmm. if you go to mics. And then if you're really ambitious and like PJ Johnson's the guy who's like at every show, do that. I told I, I swear I told a joke in my bathroom one time. Like <laughs> PJ Johnson jumps out of the shower. He's like, "All right, I'm here to close out the show." Like he's at every fucking show of all time, dude. He's everywhere, and he's he's reaping the rewards for it. Yeah. So guys like that who can really Michael Phelps it, not just paddle but swim down the pool. Do guys like that sleep? God, dude, I have no idea what PJ does for a living. Fuck, I'm so interested in what these comedians do for a living. The guys that will do those twelve thirty mics. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, and, a, lot, a lot of guys drive for Uber. Like, I, I drive for Uber. Mm-hmm. That helps. Full time? Yeah. Yeah. This is, and then I do all this other. Do you drive today? Yeah. What time did you start? 6.30 or 7. 6.30, and you were running a mic. What time did the mic get over? It was like 9.30 or 10? Well, yeah, the show, it's every 8.30 to 10 o'clock. Yeah. And then it packed it up, and then I was talking with the headliner and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think... How know, much but, sleep do you get a night, average? Dude, I try to get, like, 9 to 10. How the fuck, dude? If you're <laughs> driving at 6.30... Well, no, not, to, not like last night, obviously okay. not. But I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I freak out over sleep. And, dude, the thing is, like, I, I don't get invited to shit. Mm-hmm. No one's like, dude, Kevin, he has to come out and hang out with us at happy hour on Tuesday. <laughs> I'll work downtown, so I'm not going to those happy hours. Right. I'm not like a social circle, so I'll, I'll try to hit the earlier mics. Like, not super early, but like ones that you can get out of there before 10. Yeah. And if you can get out of there before 10, then I can get home, you know, get my sleep in. I just need it, man. Yeah. I, so I want to be a, 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 like a more frustrated, angry guy to people. Right. No, dude, I'm like that too, man. But I, I was telling you a little bit last night that I'm struggling with this thing right now where I'll do one mic, it'll go well, and that'll be enough for me for like a week, maybe yeah. two weeks. One mic. And then you said something about complacency last night, mm-hmm. which I didn't take offense to, and I've been thinking about it, and I think you're right about that, but mm-hmm. I'm still, it's a thing in my head that I'm trying to get over because like one feels really good. It feels fine. And I mean, I feel like I know what I'm doing. Maybe I'm blowing smoke up my ass, man. I have no idea, but... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't tell you. I've never seen it perform. Um, I think that if you think that you require less work than everybody else, you are blowing smoke up your ass. That's right. Okay. That that would be my answer to anybody who said that. Mm-hmm. I and that's and I, I had to say it to myself because I there was times that I felt the same way. I'm like, dude, I just performed five days ago. What, what you know? And, and so I have this, yeah. this idea 
But then what I started to notice is every year, like a new faces competition, um, people, I, I would never go on to the next round. And then people, we could start getting promoted higher than me who I've been doing it for the same amount of time. Like, okay, mm. like, no, Kevin, you're not a fucking awesome comic. Get back in stage. You have to work. Mm-hmm. Every that's what that's what I said. That the consistent advice that I've ever heard from the big headliners has always been get on stage, write work constantly, constantly. All of them, all of them have said that. So it's not. I'm not gonna be the one guy who's gonna be like, oh no, I'm the anomaly. Yeah, like that. that's crazy. No one's like that. Nobody, man. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's just. It's just. I mean, something that I need to hear a lot, man. Mm, for sure. Yeah, because I. I mean, I have that, but I don't feel like it, it used to be like that. Like. Before I had told anybody, and I was just doing this for me, I was definitely going more often. But since people know, and they're kind of like, that's what he does, they associate me with that. Like when I get introduced to new people and by a friend, they're like, hey, this is Dano, he's a comedian. First thing they'll say, but I'm like, I haven't done a mic in like a week and a half. Yeah, so you feel like a fraud. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you ever dealt with that at all. I feel that way all the time. You feel like a fraud even now? Or? Yeah. I still feel like one. Yeah. I don't think I'm, I'm, I think that I have a lot of work to do. Yeah. And even for like, I'll be in the restaurant. I go down to that, that restaurant bar that I have to show. At. I'll go down there a few times a week just cause it's so close and me and the owner are tight. Mm-hmm. And then like, they'll either see, like see my face on the posters that are all around or the, or the owner will be like, Oh, he runs comedy night. He's just trying to promote the show or whatever, right. which I'm really grateful for. But I'm like, Oh fuck dude. Like they're gonna, I'm not what they're, they think. Hmm. I'm, not, I'm not like when they when they look at me with excitement i know you shouldn't be that excited over what i'm doing yeah so you think i'm something that i'm not so i still struggle with that do you call yourself a comedian though yeah i i mean i do i i do because everybody every all the the long time guys were like no if, if you get up on stage and you do jokes all the time and that's what you do then you're a comic and that's where like the big time guys and everybody hates him in the scene for some reason but like rogan uh-huh. says that i like rogan people can suck my balls i fucking like sure, that guy sure right and so yeah, you hear him say that, and I think that to think that you're not a comic isn't going to help you even be better anyway, so you might as well consider yourself something so you can like, try to live up to the title, I suppose. Nice. Okay, that's actually great advice, man. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, that, that's what I do. That's how I validate it. Because like I said, you have to fake it. Yeah. You know, like sometimes, really. Yeah. To go like, dude, the, the shit that I told the owner to get my show, Yeah. now every week everybody's getting an hour and a half stage time and I'm so grateful to be able to do that for people and I'm so grateful to be able to do it myself. Yeah. I had to lie heavily to this guy. About your skill set or what? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah? Jesus Christ, dude. I was, <laughs> I was selling him wolf tickets, bro. I was like, dude, I was like, you know, he, I, he's like, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know, are you funny? I'm like, dude, I, I, could, I could tell you if I was. Yeah. But I'll let you see me do it wow dude come down dude because i feel like because see i know he wasn't gonna come Mm. come down to comedy works dude i because i just happened to have i was on that tuesday i'm like dude come down to comedy works i'll blow your socks off (laughs) and that's so not true it's so not true to what i am yeah you ate shit that night but dude when i walked in there i was the funniest shit of all time and i had to do that because i had to have give him confidence Mm. that we can come in there and be funny like for him to be able to respect me enough to be able to give me the time in his venue damn i had to act like i was the shit and then immediately after that, I stopped. Yeah. It, like any other time, he's like, "Oh yeah, this is Kevin. He's he's one of the funniest comics in town." Like it's something he said to me. I was like, "That's that's not true. Mm-mm. You know, that's that's so far from the truth." But you know, it's just a time and place thing. I think sometimes you have to assert yourself as the shit, and it sucks. But people are dumb, and people want to feel like you're important or that they're important for dealing with you because you you know yeah they, they just want the clout, man. That that is, and you might as well do it because. Sometimes those motherfuckers are the gatekeepers. Mm. The the venue owner was the gatekeeper for this show. Mm-hmm. So if that's what he if that's the dance he wants you to do, then do the dance so you can get the time. Mm. I, I think mm-hmm. it's how it's helped me in my current situation. How long have you been running this mic? This is our this is only our sixth week. Six yeah, week at this yeah. mic? Yeah, it's not. And it's not even a. It's a showcase. It's a showcase. So it's not, I'm yeah. sorry, I called it a no, mic. No, just but yeah. no, it's all, I mean, I'm, I don't take offense. I just want to clarify that yeah. people are like walking in and writing down their names or whatever. Sure. It's easier. Do we we can build an audience because I sell it as an hour and a half on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Open mics can last hours. Why'd and you pick Tuesday? It was it was two reasons. Uh, one, the bar. I think they wanted to give us like either Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Okay. And then I picked Tuesday because. For people who didn't get scheduled on New Talent Night, they could sign up for my show and get guaranteed guaranteed stage time. Nice during that t- the same exact time slot. 
Nice. So you can, that, that's really what I wanted people to feel. Like I want them to feel like they didn't have a big barrier of entry that they can get, come to the mic or sorry, come to the show. Look what you got me doing. Come to the show and get time. I want them to feel that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want, and, and I want to feel validated too. A part of me was like, I want people to like me too. So that's yeah. why I'm doing this. And that, yeah. that's still a part of it. Six weeks of this one. And then for any, anyone that's listening that would like to go, what, where, where is it at? Where can they find it? It's, and... um, yeah, dude, it's uh, 103 South Ogden Street in the uh, Denver, Washington Park neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Ogden Street South. It's, they have great fucking tremendous food. And we do our show every Tuesday between 8.30 and 10 o'clock. Nice. For the comics who are listening, if you want to get on the show, uh, just search on Facebook, Ogden Street South Comedy Sign Up. And then it'll have like a red background or some bullshit and click on that and join the group. And then every week you can just, you don't even have to say anything to me. You just react <laughs> to the post with one of those surprise faces. Yeah. And boom, you're on the show. Just like that. There's no other, there's no other place that I know in town that will do that. Mm-hmm. But it's something I fucking really wish I, I wanted when nobody had, you know, nobody was talking to me and I wasn't talking to people mm-hmm. to be able to break the ice with getting my name on the, the docket. Yeah. On the set list. Like that would make me feel nice. Yeah. And so maybe that helps people kind of break the ice and feel good about themselves. A hundred percent, dude. Yeah. Just, I reached out barely on Facebook and you hit me back right away. Facebook. I mean, I think you're definitely doing it right. You're approachable. I mean, online anyways, I don't know about in person. You still have not smiled yet, but yeah, not for me, man. No, 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 <laughs> no. Not for me. Um, we've been going a while. Uh, and I just wanted to end by just asking you a bunch of rapid fire questions. Let's do it. Um, just, off the top of your dome, answer to the best of your ability. Hell yeah. Uh, what's the first concert you ever went to? Nickelback. How old were you? 12, I think. What was the name of your first pet? Murphy the dog. Murphy the dog? Was that a cat or was it a dog? It was a dog. It was, it was a dog. <laughs> I appreciate it. What's your favorite cartoon? Ooh, fuck. Rick and Morty. That's your all-time favorite? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, what's the square root of 47? Go fuck yourself. Are you, <laughs> Are you fucking serious? It's seven. It's seven. Don't. <laughs> Do you hon? But I asked if you were serious. A hundred percent, I was and serious. Then you gave me the yeah. Because I would have gotten that eventually for sure. I knew it was like six or seven or nine or something. Eventually, this is rapid fire. We gotta go, man. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for doing that. Man. I appreciate. It. <laughs> Apparently, I'm fucking retarded. Go ahead. Uh, what's the worst injury you've ever had? Um, I have an AC separation that still exists in my left shoulder. Oh shit! Yeah, it, it's just permanent. Like it, it, it doesn't hurt as bad over time, but there's gonna be like this permanent bump in my shoulder. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever stolen anything? Yeah. What's the last thing you stole? The last thing? Mm-hmm. I stole somebody's weed. Is that recent? Is that today? Oh, yeah. Uh, not today. It okay. was a couple weeks ago for sure, though. All right. Um, have you ever walked out of a movie? Walked out of it because it was bad. Because it was shitty. No. Never. I don't got money for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> movie, I don't know how much money you think I have. I, that's my entertainment budget. Nice. Okay. Um, uh, what's your favorite joke of all time? Uh, George Carlin's Modern Man. Oh, dude. Okay. I'm not going to ask you to repeat it, but I that's can't. fantastic. Just look up Modern Man on YouTube. It's like this little spiel. It's so it's poetic, yeah. though. It's- you know what's so funny? Just to break the rapid fire for a sec, right after he does Modern Man which is just this beautiful speech, pretty much. He just goes, how come we don't talk about pussy farts anymore? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's fantastic. All right, fill in the blank. Say what you want about racism, but... <laughs> All right, I actually have a good answer for this one, I think, or I have an opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Say what you want about racism, but I feel like the concept gets in the way of us coming together. Whoa. And, and not that it doesn't exist, but when, when the, the sheer focus is on trying to create division and enemies with each other and trying to fight about something. It's like, you're racist or you're racist. And a lot of my racist because that's reverse racist, all that shit. It's distracting from just stopping a cocksucker and start being nice to people. It's because you're creating a team that when there doesn't need to be one. Be nice. Being fucking team people. Fuck. That's a great answer, man. Thank yeah. you for actually... All right. Um, do you believe in ghosts? No. Okay. Uh, and again, just fill in the blank. My name is Kevin and I'm... Still trying to make things happen. Kevin, thank you for doing this, man. I appreciate, I appreciate you, on, you man. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Appreciate you having me on. Hell yeah, dude.